Yudet Shvat Tavshin Pei Aleph. Coming to you live from the snowbound offices of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Rufainu Hashem, Ariel Zilber, opens things up on this week's edition of The Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Welcome in. Welcome one and all. 
We're here each and every Monday on the Nachum Siegel Network, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time, 4 PM Israel Time, and around the world. Whatever time it is, wherever, no, around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we're on. And on demand, you can listen to us via the Nachum Siegel Network app, or beloved app, as Nachum likes to say. Go to the archives and check out The Israel Show and some of the other great offerings there. Or online via a web browser. That was old-fashioned things at NachumSiegel.com. Also go to the archives. And you can subscribe. Apple Podcasts or any other podcast program. Do a search for uh, Mayor Weingarten or uh, Nachum Siegel Network, it should come up the Israel Show and you should be able to subscribe and we'd love it if you do facebook.com slash the Israel Show is where you can find stuff about our show well, sometimes it's so nice to hear somebody somebody from the outside praising you and uh, so I want to start today's show with a clip it, it's, it was not on the air, from for the best of my understanding. It's a clip of uh, from Twitter of uh, Sky News, which is a, a British news network. I believe it's a sister station to uh, Fox News in America. And the name of the, uh, their Israel person, the person who lives there on a regular basis and reports from there, is Mark Stone. And uh, the video part of it, which I can show you because um, we're an audio show, not because it's secret or anything, shows him standing online and here uh, on the queue, he calls it, of course, on the queue. He's standing on the queue to get his um, corona injection, and uh, here is what he has to say. In the queue to get my vaccination, I'm 42 years old, so here in Israel, um, uh, I am in the group which they are now vaccinating, the world's most successful vaccine program, uh, now vaccinating people 40 and over, also vaccinating teachers uh, and, as well as that, uh, students who are sitting exams this summer, 16 to 18 year olds who are sitting exams this summer, they too are eligible for the vaccine, um, and uh, I'm heading in now. So he's just can't imagine. He says it's the best vaccination program anywhere in the world that he, as a 42-year-old, he's shocked as a 42-year-old that he can get a vaccine as well as all the teachers, as well as students that are going to go to, um, he calls it, I think, sit for exams, which is the Bagrut, those uh, students that have to take the Bagrut and so forth. And um, while there's a lot of problems in Israel and there's been an extension of the shutdown. The shutdown was supposed to be for one week and end last week. It is now continuing for another week and is set to end this week on Friday morning. The airport also continues to remain closed, but the vaccination program will hopefully resolve all this issue because they are now well over 3 million vaccines and uh, Kola Kavod, and he, he gives credit in part where <laughs> the Israeli journalists won't listen to how he credits Bibi for part of this. Uh, they did a deal, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu did a deal with Pfizer very early on. He paid a high price. He, he told uh, his bureaucrats to uh, cut the crap, in his words, um, and pay whatever was needed to be paid to get 
uh, a, um, uh, a large dose uh, or a large uh, consignment of vaccine and to get a regular consignment of the vaccine as well. Yes, and it wasn't only Pfizer. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu picked up the phone to um, Moderna and others. And as as a world leader and a respected world leader, he was able to pick up the phone and um, and speak to uh, the heads of these companies and um, really get Israel ahead of the game when it comes to the vaccinations. So, Kolakavod. As uh, I sit here in New York, a, a state that is still trying to figure out who's vaccinating and who's not, and and um, and in what order, and in the stupidity of the um, of the policy, thousands of vaccines were were literally thrown out because they had expired because they couldn't figure out who to give them to. I mean, it's. Um, what can we say? Baruch Hashem, the state of Israel is uh, is doing the right thing, although they're, for whatever reason, I guess because of some other circumstances that they didn't think about, the virus is, um, the numbers are growing in Israel. So let's pray and hope with Einu Hashem, as our theme song says. Here is... Um, Idan Reichel, Idan Reichel. Why do I always have trouble with his name? With Shevet Achim Vachayot. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Coming up, we're going to tell you a little bit about um, uh, Middle East appointments of the Biden administration as they uh, start their process of renewing their relationship with Iran. Unfortunately for us, we'll also hear from Israel's chief of staff about what his thoughts of renewing the JCPOA, the Iran deal. And we'll, uh, we have a Mayor William segment. We'll talk a little bit about the politics as the slates in Israel are closing. In the meantime, enjoy this great music. Shevet Achim Ve'achayot. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Shall I die? Oh, then 
תמיד אמצא את מקומי. על הגיטרה מתנגד, ניגון עתיק שמחבר. years, Eden Reichel with uh, Shevet Achim Vachayot Shevet with a Tet we're used to saying Shevet Achim with a Taf Shevet with a Taf means sitting like Yashav brothers Shevet Achim Gam Yachad sitting, how, how beautiful it is when brothers sit together, and this is Shevet with a Tet, which means a tribe. Shevet Achim V'Achayor. Tribe. We are a tribe or tri- made up of tribes of brothers and sisters. I don't know why that popped into my head right now, but I just wanted to share it with you. <laughs> my name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to the Israel Shandanachem Siegel Network. Israel's Chief of Staff came out very clearly uh, and I must say I believe previous chiefs of staff did not come out as clearly regarding the JCPOA which uh, we all know as the Iran deal and uh, I brought some clips it's um, it's really one clip I've just split it up so that I can translate it more effectively not long but it'll give you an idea of what the person who is in charge of the security of the state of Israel, one of the people who's in charge of the security of the state of Israel, thinks about a return 
to the agreement. So this is um, Chief of Staff Kohavi um, um, regarding the JCPOA in the first sec- first segment. He says, well, we'll play it and then we'll translate it. How's that? Okay, here's number one. Chazara le'eskem agarin me alpaim או אפילו אם יהיה זה הסכם דומה עם מספר שיפורים, היא דבר רע ולא נכון. הוא רע מבחינה אופרטיבית, והוא רע מבחינה אסטרטגית. Very convincingly, uh, not, I wouldn't say convincing, very adamantly saying a return to the 2015 nuclear agreement with Iran, even if it's a similar agreement with a number of enhancements, meaning the... Uh, changes that would make it better is still a bad deal and a wrong thing to do. It is operationally bad and strategically bad. And now he goes on to explain each one of those. Operationally, why is it bad? Meaning, in I guess, in, in, in a sense, in the short run, it will allow, at, at the end, meaning at the end of the agreement, Iran will be allowed, but even before the end, to enrich quantities of uranium, to develop centrifuges, and even to develop the weapons capabilities until, at the moment of their choice, when Iran decides to, they can sprint to a bomb within a short period of time, they can have the bomb. And that is why, on a very um, operational uh, perspective, it is a dangerous deal, even with some uh, enhancements. And uh, he continues... He explains, Chief of Staff Kohavi uh, explains, Israeli Chief of Staff Kohavi explains that the strategic level it poses an unbearable threat to the state of Israel. I mean, it, 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 it really is a threat to Israel's existence. It is an existential threat, and one could say probably one of the few existential threats that Israel faces today. It poses an unbearable threat to the state of Israel and is likely to lead to regional nuclearization in the Middle East, which means if they get it, then Saudi Arabia wants it, and uh, what's America going to say? You can't have it, you know, we need to defend, and so forth, and if they don't get it from America, they'll get it from somewhere else. Therefore, he continues, anything resembling the current agreement, or even an improved agreement, is a bad thing which should not be allowed. Now, of course, the leftists, the uber-leftists in Israel, uh, were critical of uh, <laughs> Kohavi. Um, Amit Segal, journalist on the right, said it very well um, as he was critiquing the critique from the left. He said, um, it, it's okay for the commander-in-chief to talk about women fighting in in um, 
in uh, military units, uh, fighting units in the army, that's okay. It's okay for the chief of staff, and because these are all things that the previous chief of staff did. It's okay for the chief of staff to talk about um, uh, cutting back on the religious lectures in the army and the stronger connection that the army tried to create with the land of Israel. That's okay. But if he talks about something that he's actually responsible for, that's not good. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and the part that, quite frankly, um, we, I, I, I baffles me. I guess baffles is how the Democrats, led by Biden and people in his administration, it, it would again. It seems to me, if you look at the facts of what happened over the past four years, you look at the facts of what's going on in Iran, how the country is coming apart because of the sanctions, how. They claim that they're moving ahead and they're moving ahead and they're moving ahead, but they're not. They're not able to, and um, and so for why, why just go back to this? It was a failed deal. It was, it was a deal that at the end everybody admitted that at, at the end of the deal in ten years from when the deal started, which was 2015. So that's not too far away now. They would be able to actually make an, a nuclear bomb. They would have the ability to do that. Why go back to it? I don't know. I don't know. But some of the reason is the people that um, Biden appointed, maybe because he was part of the administration, he was vice president at the time when the deal was made. I don't know. We're going to go to um, Yo-Ya. Some classic stuff. And we have a Meir Milim segment and uh, some more music. And uh, we hope you enjoy it all. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
Aseret brought the Ten Commandments, Moshe Rabbeinu gets management advice from his father-in-law. Delegate, Yitro told Moshe. You can't possibly handle everything yourself. Ki chaved mimcha hadavar lo tuchal asahu levadecha. The load, the burden, is too heavy. Chaved. In the next section, we read a description of Mount Sinai as God's presence begins to descend on it. Vayihi kolot uvrakim, there was thunder and lightning, ve'anan, 
kaved al hahar with a heavy, dense cloud on the mountain. There's that word again, kaved, heavy. And here it comes one more time in the Aseret had they brought themselves. What could be so heavy in the Ten Commandments? It's our parents. Kaved et avicha ve'etimecha. You're, you're probably saying to yourself, Mayor's gone mad. We all know that means honor your father and mother. It doesn't mean make them heavy. Although, as an aside, my mother commented that sometimes honoring your parents can be a heavy burden. Although, that's not true in my case. Well, here's the news. Kaved is heavy. And Kaved is honor. And they are both the same word. This shouldn't come as a surprise. We have the same exact situation in the English language. When we value someone's thoughts, when we respect his ideas, we say, I give a lot of weight to your opinion. Kaved. Kavod. And the reverse is true as well. The opposite of heavy is light. When we make light of someone, we dishonor or disrespect them. And the same thing happens in Hebrew. The opposite of kaved, heavy, is kal, light. When Hagar is going to give birth to Abraham's child, suddenly Sarai Menu, who is barren, is disrespected by Hagar. As we hear Sarah complain to Abraham, Vatere ki harata, now that she, Hagar, sees that she is pregnant, va'ekal be'eneha, she, Hagar, views me, Sarah, with disrespect. Kal, to make light of. Well, if kal is to dishonor, then the ultimate dishonor is a curse. Kilala. In the Ten Commandments, we're told to honor our parents, kabed, but there's also a prohibition of disgracing or dishonoring them. The other side of the kabed coin is umekalel avivimo motumat. Kabed, heavy, kavod, honor. Kal, light, kilala, dishonor. By the way, the most basic meaning of kal is not only light, as in lightweight, but swift, as we find in Pirkei Avot. Yehuda ben Tema Omer, Heve Az Kanamer, be strong as a leopard, Vekal Kanesher, and swift as an eagle. As we say in English as well, someone who is light of foot. One more point. The Aramaic word for heavy is yakar. And the word yakar in Hebrew means very valuable, precious. Later, yakar takes on another meaning, honor, as we see in Migilat Esther, one of the later books in the Tanakh. As Haman is leading Mordechai on the horse, he screams before him, Kacha yeyasela ish, asher hamelech chafetz biyikaro, who the king wants to honor. Or, of course, at the end, when everything works out beautifully, la Yehudim hayta ora v'simcha v'sason v'yikar. And why is it that heavy means honor and light means disrespect? My friend, Rabbi Benji Kramer, suggests, brilliantly, I might add, that in the olden days, wealth was measured by how much you had, gold, silver, or other commodities. The heavier the piece of gold, the more worth it has. And hence, the weightier things get more respect. 
And one last amazing observation on the topic. The word kaved has a third meaning in Hebrew, which is used very often in Sefer Vayikra. The Kohanim did all kinds of stuff with the mushy internal organs of the animals brought as sacrifices to the Mishkan. Here the word kaved means the liver. It means the same in modern Hebrew as well. Chopped liver is kaved katsuts. Would it come as a surprise that anatomically, in the human body, the heaviest internal organ is the liver, the kaved. That's this week's installment of the Meir Milim segment. My name is Mayor Weingarten, and you are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. 
ניצן חן רזל, פורטס דה גרייט מזמור של יום השבת, which uh, always brings me back to the Friday nights in Shul in Yerushalayim. Very nostalgic. Before that, Meir Milim. And um, I thank uh, our listener A1R1 <laughs> Systems. I know who you are. Uh, who writes, that was the Super Bowl of Meir Milim. But there's no halftime, I hope. And anyway, thank you so much. That's quite a compliment. Um, and uh, we, um, before the Mayor Milin segment, we had Yo-Ya off of the live CD of the last performance ever. So they claimed at the time. How many last performances ever were there? Or should there be? I don't know. Okay, we are going to speak a little bit about the Biden administration's appointments, especially the ones that are very critical to the state of Israel. And uh, this week we're going to focus on one. We'll do another one next week. This one, this appointment was the appointment of someone by the name of Mahar Bitar. M-A-H-E-R-B-I-T-A-R, in case you want to look it up. And I'm reading mainly from the column by Carolyn Glick, which appeared in Israel Hayom this past weekend. She writes, This week the White House announced that Mar Bitar has been appointed to serve as the Senior Director for Intelligence at the National Security Council. Senior Director for Intelligence at the National Security Council. The position is one of the most powerful posts in the U.S. intelligence community. The Senior Director is the node to which all intelligence from all agencies flows. He decides what to share with the President. And, in the name of the President, he determines priorities for intelligence operations and collection. The Senior Director of Intelligence also determines what information the U.S. intelligence community will share with foreign intelligence services. Likewise, he decides how to relate to information that foreign intelligence services share with the Americans. As a former Senior National Security Council member explained, quote, the Senior Director for Intelligence controls the information everyone sees, and by controlling information, he controls the conversation. You can understand, I'm just adding now, you can understand how insanely careful one has to be when appointing someone to this position. He controls the information. Usually, continues Carolyn Glick, usually the sensitive, this sensitive position is reserved for a CIA officer who is detailed to the National Security Council. Bitar, however, is not an intelligence professional, but he is, or was, a pro-Palestinian political activist. I'm changing a drop because I disagree with Carolyn Glick's um, wording, so I changed... Uh, I have to be fair and say that I changed it a drop. As Daniel Greenfield reported at Front Page Online Magazine in 2006... Online Magazine, comma, I should say, in 2006, as a student at Georgetown University, Bitar 
was a leader of the anti-Semitic Muslim Brotherhood aligned Students for Justice in Palestine. It's an organization, I will just add, it's a vile organization, which unfortunately um, has much presence on campuses throughout America. So this is a Muslim Brotherhood-aligned organization, and as the Students for Justice in Palestine SJP leader, he, the person who is now in charge of the intelligence information of the United States, he organized a BDS campaign, a boycott, divestment, and sanction campaign against Israel and its supporters on his campus. Greenfield reported that Bittar chaired a panel at a BDS conference where participants discussed how to indoctrinate Christians to believe that Israel has no right to exist. After receiving a law degree from Georgetown, Bittar received a master's from Oxford and the topic was quote, forced migration, end quote. He wrote the thesis about the Nakba, in quotes we're putting the Nakba, which is uh, what the Arabs call the founding of the State of Israel. So, you have a little idea about who we're talking about, but wait, there's more, but wait, there's more. Call now. From Oxford, he moved to Jerusalem where he worked for the UN UNRWA, the UN agency that we've discussed many times on this show and we've explained how it is an insidious organization that exists only for one purpose and that is to continue the the idea of Palestinian refugees unlike every other refugee group around the world who doesn't have a special organization by the UN and where refugees find their homes after a few years or generations, this organization makes sure that the Palestinian Arabs don't find a home because they want that home to be the land of Israel. So I'm going back to Carolyn Glick. He was, uh, I believe he was the head of the UNRWA uh, Jerusalem, what would we call it, head of the, well, let's see what she says. The UN agency dedicated to keeping the descendants of Arabs who left Israel in 1948 in a state of perpetual limbo by blocking their naturalization in countries that they have lived for for five generations. We've spoken about this at length. If you're not familiar with it, um, you should take a look at it. And by the way, UNRWA is the organization that the Trump administration so smartly and advisedly cut from funding by the U.S. The U.S. stopped funding UNRWA and it was a very good thing and it was very helpful to Israel and of course uh, the Biden administration is going to go back to funding UNRWA. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just uh, a, a, a to- as, as great as the Trump administration was for Israel, the Biden administration is just undoing as much as they can. Uh, continuing from uh, Carolyn Glick Another sensitive topic. Now, she's talking in general about 
I skipped a little bit. She's talking in general about the sensitivities that are going to come up between the Biden administration and a Netanyahu administration. Um, Another sensitive topic is construction in Jerusalem. Netanyahu has said that officially there are no policies, restriction, no policy restrictions on construction in the city, but many sources in the diplomatic echelon have told us that even under former President Donald Trump, construction in Jerusalem required Washington's approval. Isn't that sad? But specifically about Biden, while on a trip to Israel in 2010, then Vice President Biden denounced the construction of 1,600 housing units in East Jerusalem, arguing that the move undermines the confidence in which we have need and goes against the constructive discussions I have had here. That's, um, that, that's what Biden said when he was Vice President. That building in Jerusalem is a bad thing and it undermines the confidence and so forth. In his first phone call with Foreign Minister Gabi Ashkenazi, which took place Wednesday, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken expressed opposition to unilateral moves by either Israel or the Palestinian Arabs. As for the possibility Washington would open a mission to the Palestinian Arabs in East Jerusalem, Blinken said a decision had yet to be made on the matter. By the way, we all know what decision they're going to make. Asked about the possibility that the U.S. would return to the 2015 nuclear deal, Blinken emphasized Washington would consult with Israel before consolidating a policy on Iran. The funny part is that Obama gave Israel the exact same commitment, exact same commitment, and totally lied and went behind Israel's back and concluded the deal behind Israel's back without consulting. And now, for some reason, that's the fool me, fool me once, fool me twice. I mean, they really want us to fall for this a second time? Oh, we're going to make sure to, to, to consult with you about the agreement. It's a sad situation. Next week, we'll tell you about Rob Molly, who's uh, been around for quite a while. I'm not saying, I, I want it to be clear, I'm not saying that um, these people are anti-Semitic. But they are clearly, clearly on the Palestinian side, Palestinian Arab side, and clearly hold of the um, leftist agenda of Israel withdrawing entirely to the 1967 borders and allowing the Palestinian Arabs to have a state in the areas that Israel withdraws from, which is, I think by now, for sure most Israelis and hopefully others who have a straight path of thinking understand would be an existential disaster for the state of Israel. So these are the people that are being appointed by the new president. Uh, brand new music. We played it on Tubishvat over at JMDAM. We'll debut it here on the Israel Show. It's Dalachashakol Eseve Esev Yeshlonigun Miuchad Mishalo. It's uh, well known as Shiwata Asavim. It's composed by Naomi Shemer, but this is a brand new composition, new compo- composition using the same words of Naomi Shemer, uh, which originated in 
the words of Rav Nachman of Breslov. Dudi Frischmann joined with Yoni Genut to bring us this. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
I love it. Don't know about you, but I love it. I think it's um, beautifully done. And, um, you know, a friend of mine who's very musically inclined, extremely musically inclined, uh, said to me, uh, for those words, there's only one melody. That is the classic of uh, Nomi Shemer. And um, I'm not comparing the two, and I'm not trying to say one is better than the other. They're different. They're very different. And uh, I enjoy this as well. So I hope you did as well. Nigun Miyuchad Mishalo is the name of it. You can find it online. Um, we should hopefully post the links to all the songs we played today, and we'll post a link to this song as well if you want to hear it uh, again and again. And we'll end off with Hanan Ben Ari. He's become so... I mean, he is super popular already for, for a long time, and he's just getting better and better all the time. The song is Im Tirzi. We've played it before. Great video clip of that. And you know what? When we post the uh, links to the songs, they're YouTube links, and they usually do have uh, video clips, especially the, more, the newer songs. So um, you'll enjoy the video clip of Imtirzi very much. So go to facebook.com slash the Israel show, facebook.com slash the Israel show, and you can see, um, you can get the links to the songs we play and the videos that go with them. And uh, if you don't have a chance to do that, just go to Google. Imtirzi Hanan Ben Ari. Before that, we're going to say, we're going to say thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with After Further Review, covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novik Now with Jake Novik, who covers current events in the most effective and uh, pithy way, I should say. And then the great Monday Music Marathon will take you through the day. Until next Monday, immediately following JM in the AM. This is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh, no, 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 no. They're just running in a different race.
לנצחת אהובתי, לנצחת אהובתי. 